The Very Good Adventuring Team podcast contains crass, foul, vile, terrible, immature, and mature content. Jeff Cock Thunder, a Goliath Barbarian, and if you dishonor myself or my friends, my hammer will yearn for your face. This is Furitan Furcantries. I am a Dwarven Druid, and I like to find myself some nice leaves to sleep on. This is Peter McMoist. I'm a dark elf bard, and I'm the best fucking town crier in Terror Guard. Last time on the Very Good Adventuring Team. Our friends were struck in epic combat with bandits. There was an amazing struggle to stay or to go, but ultimately the gang was able to kill all of their enemies. They took a long rest. It was nice. We rejoined them as they start a new day on their journey to the desert to bring back Stuart Soup's wife. They say if you say J.O. about three times, your bro comes and helps you charge your pistol. (laughs) Your bro turns up in the mirror. Yeah. Lights up from your crystal, <laughs> like a like a Star Wars hologram. <laughs> Heard you needed help charging your crystal. Here's a picture of Scarlett Johansson's side boob. I'm here for you, bro. You know what? It is like oddly wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're just being friends. <laughs> the bad friends enjoying the same material and activities. Like the Alcoholics Anonymous circle. There I was one time, and I just, I didn't know what to whack it to. And then my J.O. bro was there for me. My sponsor, you might say. Met my bro, Travis. (laughs) Travis was like, here you go, man. What do you say we do share today, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Do you believe in life after love? Do you believe in life after load, after load? Yeah, the the echo, the going on into forever echo. After load, after load. I really don't think I'll blow enough, no. Last time you guys played, you were on your way south to uh, to go reclaim Stuart Soup's wife. You were traveling along the road. You've been ambushed and attacked several times up to this point. And now you are fully in the desert. It is your fourth and presumably final day of travel. Sam, I'm going to have you make the first random encounter roll of day four. All right. Uh, 14. A 14. On a 14, it's not long after you've gotten up on your cart for the day. I assume you're in the same sort of standard walking order as you've been with 
Jeff and Fjordson on the sides and Peter up there running that wagon. How is uh, Jeff feeling these days? We kind of got down pretty far. Woken up. I'm feeling all right. We, uh, that long rest really helped out. Perfect. Then, yeah, I would say standard order. I'd be out looking at all the new environments, finding all the the cool rocks that we had. You guys have found some pretty sweet rocks so far. Freaking sweet. As you are making your way down the road, you hear terrible, terrible howling coming from behind you. I start howling back. (laughs) On a 14, you hear hissing and chittering. You hear all kinds of gross, terrible bug noises and whatever noises bugs would make. I don't really know what a bug would make for a noise. Do bugs make noises? Like mammals do? I think if they were big enough, they would. Which is convenient because these bugs are big. They're in fact giant. They are in fact giant centipedes. And from around you, 600 legs burst from the ground over six different giant centipedes. And we're going to do the thing we did on the, on the last time here, which is start with names. Uh, actually, why don't I have each of you three roll me some initiative? Oh, and Jerry, you would have the plot point. Excellent. Did we even use it last time? Why don't we need to remember to use our fucking plot point? Damn it. Let's do... Well, there wasn't really opportunity. Well, I suppose. Didn't, didn't I use it last week? No, you said you were going to joke and uh, not give uh, any of the of the treasure to a bard. Oh, and then I died shortly thereafter. <laughs> or was knocked out. <laughs> I suppose I still could have interjected like something happened to my compatriots. How about... Uh, you know what I hate? What do you hate? Fucking centipedes. Gross. Josh, what'd you get for an initiative roll here? Three. You piece of shit. Yeah, I roll like fuck. Jerry. Or sorry, Peter. Uh, 11. And Fjorten. 14. Alright, so we're gonna go in that order then. Fjorten, you get to name the very first one, and in fact, I'll let you choose the theme. Unless you, well, sorry, we do have a theme. In honor of my cat, who only drinks water out of this cup, the Brian Dozier cup. So this one will be Dozier. And you guys are going to hate me for spelling all these names wrongs. D-O-Z-I-E-R. I'm going to pick Ron Gardner. Do, do you want to... Should we name him Ron? Or should Gardner. we name him... Ron. Call him Ron. Ron it is. Ron the giant centipede. I feel like if there was a giant centipede, you got like a 30% chance its name is Ron. Jeff, what would you like to name your giant centipede? Santana. Santana it is. Back up to Fjorten. These centipedes are there. Holy moly, we're all gonna die again. There are six giant centipedes. So each gets a name too. I mean, that's a positive thing. Can I go ahead and, uh, can I do a, a pass option? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Josh and Jerry can name two. That'd be fine. All right. Uh, we'll go with that. And Peter, you get to name the next one then. Dan, for Dan Gladden. Jeff? Go with Kirby. Kirby. And Peter, you get to name the last one. Joe for Joe Mauer. Stupid fucking Joe Mauer. Sugar tit that he is. <laughs> Sugar tit Joe. Burrowing up from the desert sands all around you are a grand total of six gigantic, disgusting centipedes. Dozier, Santana, Dan, Ron, Kirby, and Sugar tit Joe. 
And mixed into that combat order is Fjortin, Peter, and Jeff. We begin round one of combat. Go ahead and take it away, Fjortin. Well, seeing these giant centipedes, it kind of... Uh, I'm going to ask you, as a, uh, as a DM, how do you want... Um, Over easy, typically. Chance... Tra- yeah, so you should pick it. Uh, transformation for druids to go. Do you want it to be something that we've seen before and knowledge of? Um, it should be something that you've seen before, but uh, I think if I think if you can make a clear case of like, ah, oh, this is a thing that's just normally around, then we can kind of hand wave over it. I think if you're going to go with something a little more exotic, we might have to do some dice rolling just to see if you've uh, seen it before. It makes sense. I mean, I figured these are more desert creatures, so I don't think I've seen a giant centipede before. Um, I was just trying to be realistic about what I would uh, probably know. Are you going to turn into one? I was thinking about it, but if I've never, <laughs> I, I don't feel like I've seen a giant centipede before. I think this is a huge new occurrence that just freaks me out. But I'd Use the centipede to destroy the centipede. Mm-hmm. I will become the centipede. Instead, I will probably have seen a giant snake. Ooh. So I'm going to transform for my turn into a giant poisonous snake. Oh, not just a snake, but a poisonous snake. That's correct. I'm a class of 14 hit points, only 11, but um, it does have some good abilities of a 1d4 plus 4 piercing damage plus 3d8 plus poison. 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 I will go ahead and do just that, and it looks like there's going to be someone to my uh, right. And so I will get closer to Peter to the southwest, and that will be my turn. Right on. So you are currently a snack? I'm a, I'm a snack. Okay. I'm going to put... Hmm... Uh, we're gonna use we're gonna use this person crying out. Oh wait, it's labeled the screaming icon to indicate that you're a snake. That seems appropriate. Points of eleven. All right, and oh, you know what I can do? And change one more thing. Oh, yep, you can see that. Kaboom! So now you have a second bar of temporary hit points. Do you see that? I do. Wonderful. Most excellent. Dozier on their turn is going to make their way towards Jeff. They are going to try and bite you, because that's just what they do. They be giant centipedes. That's going to be... an 18 on the attack roll. Which one is getting me? Dozier? Yeah. Oh, he's right in front of me. I was looking around like, I don't... Just to your north. Yeah, this icon is a little hard to see, in fact. Uh, I'll go through and start adding some backgrounds to these so that you can see them a little easier. But you are going to take four piercing damage, and then I'm going to have you try a constitution saving throw. Uh, 14. A 14 is enough to save, so you are only going to take the four piercing damage and not the additional eight poison damage. So that's a big deal, huh? Looks like they're dead and rotten. All right, that's Dozier's turn. Peter, it is over to you. Yeah, what, uh, what's pulling this carriage that we're on again? I believe we said an ox. At this point, I can't remember, so it's an ox, and that's what it is. How fast is an ox? Is it just one ox? Yeah, I think it's just one ox. Okay, so probably can't move very fast, I assume. Especially not chained up to a wagon. Ox would probably have, I don't know, 20 feet of movement on a turn. If it didn't have the carriage on it, or...? Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. Uh, I wonder, let me just see if I can find Ox in 5th edition. 5e Ox. Tell me, internet, what does a 5e Ox do? Pulls carts, apparently. It is a large beast, unaligned, and uh, this person's giving it uh, 30 feet of movement. So if it were unfettered from the cart, you could get 30 feet. I think I'm going to leave that ox alone. Uh, how, how many hit points does the ox have? 10? From this... Uh... Oh, this one says 15. I like the formatting of this website more, so we're going to say... Oh no, it's 15 hit points and 10 armor class. Very curious where this is going. It's not going anywhere. This ox isn't very powerful, so... And I'm pretty sure we don't want to get our ox killed on some shenanigans. What the fuck are we going to do with this wagon, then? Have Fjorten turn into an ox? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Seems rather degrading, but could work. <laughs> I'm going to run up to... What's the uh, what's the centipede in front of Jeff? The one that's right next to him is Dozier. Dozier. All right, I'm going to run up to Dozier, and I'm going to chop Dozier with my... What'd you roll there? I rolled an 18. An 18 is going to be a hit. Tell me about your damage. I did an amazing three damage. And you killed him. Kaboom. Turns out giant centipedes don't have shit for hit points. And so you got this guy down to bloodied with your single three hit point hit. Oh, man. And I was scared of these. <laughs> oh, you'll laugh. Gun shy after that last fight. You'll laugh someday thinking that you were scared even for a moment of sugar tit, Joe. <laughs> All right. Anything else on your turn, Peter? That'll do it. We move down to Santana. Santana is going to is going to attack Fjorten. They scoot on down by you there, and they're going to take a bite. Not a crime. Twenty one, I think, should hit your snaky AC. It does hit my snaky AC. All right. I'm going to need you to make a Constitution saving throw to see if you are poisoned or not. I think they'd be resist to poison me. And I apologize, that was a... Constitution saving throw. Constitution. That'll be a two. Unfortunately, you are going to take the full 11 damage then. Ah. Ouch. I'm down. The snake is gone. You're, you're back to not being a snake. I'm back to not being a snake. I mean, it was a good temporary meat shield, I guess. Got the slither uh, 15 feet. Yeah, that's what happened. That was that move. Right on. That's the sound he makes <laughs> when he transforms. <laughs> Actually, I was going to tell you, I just want you to know that I have one of Josh's fight as a door closing. It's been every door closing for this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, uh, good usage. Uh, <laughs> Didn't we make a comment on it at the time, too, that we were like, oh, it, sounds like it sounded like a door closing? That's why I used it, yeah. That's perfect. What do they call that, uh, the sound effect work? Foley? Yeah, Foley. Some Foley work there. All right. Sweet. Dan is going to be up next. What's Dan going to do? Dan's got to make kind of a circuitous route. Just make sure he can actually move that far. Oh, yeah. Dan can certainly move that far. Dan is going to attack Peter. Off me, Dan. Uh, that is a nine. It looks like Dan misses. We move over to Ron. Where is Ron? Oh, there's Ron. Uh, Ron's gonna go for Jeff being the closest target. Let me get a little bite attack from Ron. That's gonna be a dirty 20. Should hit you. 
Uh, so let me get a constitution saving throw from you. Damn, I hope you make it, because it's 15 poison damage. Holy 20. Alright, you just take the 5 piercing damage. Very good save. And then finally, Kirby. Let's see, can Kirby make it all the way? Kirby can make it all the way to Fjorten. Kirby's gonna take a bite out of Fjorten. That'll be a 12, though. That sounds like a miss. 12 is a miss. Just barely. Just barely. Jeff, we're back to you. All right. So up to you, I guess. It's the first time. Uh, I'm pretty angry at these stupid centipedes. The sight of so many legs is like unnatural. Fucking abominations. So it throws me into a blind rage. I'm enraged at this point. <laughs> I'll kill you all. Ah, uh, too many legs. No, legs. So what I want to do, I don't know if I can. Can I do like a twirling attack and hit both of these assholes? I believe there is a special move for that, but it's like a thing you got to take a feat for later on. Okay, so I can't just say I want to do that. All right, so I'm going to smash this uh, dozier in front of me here. Do it. I think with your rage, there's no way that you can not kill them as long as you hit them. And that's a critical miss. <laughs> okay, so there is a way that you can not kill them, and it's by missing. <laughs> well, fuck. You're just, you're, you're so thrown off. You're so angry at too many legs. There shouldn't be this many legs anywhere. Hey, what's got, uh, what's got, uh, 50 legs and 17 teeth? A trailer, a trailer park? The front row of the Grand Ole Opry. Oh, yeah. that's good. I've been to both hey, Grand Ole Opry's, the old one. And... Hmm. I've been outside of the new one. Yeah, so that's what I should say. I've been outside of both of them. What is Nine Arms and Sucks? Def Leppard. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard that before. And I disagree. That is my favorite joke of all time. Oh my god. I've not heard that one either. I kind of disagree. Like, uh, Hysteria was one of my first cassettes I had when I was little. Oh, fuck yeah. My first three cassettes uh, were, I believe, in order... Um, oh shit, I can't remember the name of the album now, but it was it was actually a single, now that I think of it, of Cinderella. I couldn't even tell you the name of the song. Uh, then I had Def Leppard's Hysteria, and then uh, I want to say it was The Razor's Edge from ACDC. Oh, that's a good one. Well, we're on 80s bands. Have you guys seen that commercial where the guy says he has a rat problem? <laughs> the <laughs> 80s band rat is playing in his basement. Yeah. Round and round. <laughs> that's fucking great. That's a great commercial. I love it that they're that they're doing more shit like that, you know, with things things from our youth essentially. Like wasn't there one what was the one where the guy's microwaving the burrito and there was some like twisted sister was playing in the lunchroom? Yep. There was another one where uh <clears throat> who was it? Uh Survivor it was on an elevator and a guy gets on the elevator and they go, Glenn, 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 Glenn. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. Yeah, that was a really good one. <laughs> Someone was Eddie Money not too long ago, too. Oh, yes. As uh, a travel tickets agent. Tickets to Paradise. I do tickets to Paradise. R.I.P. Eddie Money. <laughs> yeah, I love those kind of commercials. Uh, as the last tangent on the tangent, that was, I don't think they're around anymore, but that was the best cover band in the Twin Cities for a long time was Two Tickets to Paradise, and they knew every song. Oh, of course they did. Play Strictly 80s Joel, sir. They were an Eddie Money cover band? No, they just like everything 80s, but oh. their band title was Two Tickets to Paradise. I do love some Eddie Money. Give me some water. Great fucking song. Cool, cool water. 
there was a, a young lady at the, the place that I worked at that was super into them and I was super into her. And so I would follow and, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's, that never turned out. Let's fuck to eighties music. She was distinctly not interested. Oh, oh, well, yeah. all for the best. Turned out for the best for me. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of for the best, Sugar Tit Joe is going to scurry on over to Fjorten and is going to take a little bit of bite in action. 19, I think, hits your AC. Fjorten, make a DC 11 constitution saving throw for me. Round and... Choo, 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 Z. Uh, My first choice would be not to make it. Uh, my second choice would be uh, for him to run away. So if you run away from those assholes, is that three attacks of opportunity? Potentially. And that will be a four. Man, you are not great on these saving throws. That means you're going to take the three piercing damage and the 12 of poison damage. Total of 15. Jesus Christo. Jesus Christo. Are you guys scared now? We begin round two of combat. Fjorten, you have your chance at revenge. What would you like to do? Say, ow. Can you only turn into animals? Um, I think it's any creature with a DC of, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, only creatures. So you can't turn into a rock? <laughs> <laughs> Try me now. Oh, they have to be, uh, I believe the restriction is a beast. You're a oh. beast. All right. Since I have three of these buttholes surrounding me, I'm going to be doing a thunder wave at a second level with that cube extending at me. And that should work, correct, from our last discussions. Uh, you would need to move either one square to the south or one square to the west to get all three of them in a, fun, a thunder wave. And so disengaging is a full action. It is. Yeah. And no matter which direction you went, you would have to take an attack of opportunity from at least two of them. Yeah. What a freaking wiener. Yep. We're going to go ahead and cast Thunder Wave on Sugar Tit Joe and Kirby. Still at the second level. Fucking cast it. So they'll have to make a DC 13 save. So you're casting this facing to the east? I will be facing to the east. Correct. So you're going to hit both Sugar Tit Joe and Kirby, both of which will make constitution saving throws. Let's go with Sugar Tit first. That's a 15 and a 13 from Kirby. Uh, so if it meets it, it beats it. So they're both good on that, but they will take half damage, which is going to be a total of six each. Thankfully, they only have six hit points. So you kill Kirby and Sugar Tit Joe. Woo! Still a close one, and I will do a bonus action of healing word upon myself. Right on. Four. Six. Very nice. Right on. We move over to Dozier. I'm assuming you didn't want to move on your turn, right? That will be uh, no-go. We're standing still. Right on. Dozier is going to attack Jeff again with another bite. That's an 18. That hits. That hits. Give me a constitution saving throw. That is a six. A six is a failure. That means you're going to take the six piercing and the nine poison damage for a total of 15. So I have the piercing because I'm Correct, enraged. Yes. So what does that make it, four or five? Uh, that makes it a total of 12 because you've got nine poison damage and three piercing. Yeah, I forgot about the rage. Thank you for the reminder. Peter, 
it's over to you. Similar to Fjortin, I'm going to cast Thunderwave. I see... Okay, so Dozier and Dan are in front of me. And I'm going to cast Thunderwave at them at a level 2. Alright, that is going to be Constitution saving throws from them again. Let's do Dozier first. That's a 16, so success. And then the second one is a 21 for a critical success. Okay, it's a constitute. And I'm rolling pretty goddamn well. Uh, so that'll be no push, but half damage. Uh, so that's 14 damage. So it'll take seven apiece, which is still enough to kill the shit out of both of them. Bye. Kaboom. Area of effect saves the day again. Alrighty. Peter, anything else on your turn? Uh, I will use my bonus action to give some bardic inspiration to my good friend Jeff, who's right next to me. You tap him on the shoulder and you're like, hey, your hair looks great today. He doesn't even have hair. He's bald. He's got tattoos. But he's got that moment where he's like, wow, what a nice guy. Thanks, Peter. Did you use a total wax on that head today? I'm a Dapper Dan man. Dapper Dan man. Santana is going to be up next, and Santana is going to strike at Fjorten with a bat. 16, does that connect with Yo AC? 16 will connect with Yo AC. Right on. Give me that constitution saving throw. All right. That will be, once again, a one for and my plus three. That's a four. Regrettably, a four is not enough to not take the damage. That is going to be a total of six piercing and 14 poison damage. Total of 20. Ooh, I'm down. You down? I'm down. Fjorten goes unconscious and will begin making death saves. Down goes Fjorten. And we move over to Ron. Ron is going to attack Jeff. Uh, 13 misses your AC? No, that hits you. Yeah, ties. All right, Don't there's going to be another. Don't forget you have some inspiration. Does that apply to my armor class? I think you can use that for adding something to a... For a throw, not just to my class, no? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Bardic Inspiration, you can inspire others through stirring words or music. To do so, you use a bonus action on your turn to choose one creature other than yourself within 60 feet of you that can hear you. Creature gains 1d6, uh, in this case, Bardic Inspiration die. You can, within the next 10 minutes, roll the die and add the number rolled to one ability check, attack roll, or saving throw it makes. So, it hits. Right on, give me that constitution saving throw. 20. Uh, you don't need to add anything to that, so you'll just take the six rounded down to three piercing damage. Certain unit, six HP. And we start round three of combat. Fjorten, you get to make a death save. Woo! Are we familiar with death saves now, since we did it last time around? I don't think that we did, did we? You were making them. Oh, was I? No, I think I saved him before he even made one. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Like, stabilize me or whatever. Let's talk about death saves real quick, uh, so that that's all clear up front. So, what happens when you have to make death saves on a turn is you roll a 20-sided dice unmodified. If you roll a 1 or a 20, it's a a double effect, basically. Um, A 1 through 9 is a failure, and a 10 through 20 is a success. And so you've got three in each case until you are no longer making death saves either three successes and you're stabilized or three failures and you're dead like permanently dead okay Burton jr <laughs> <laughs> well with all of that 
death saving throw understanding that I very convolutedly explained. Sam, what'd you roll? That'd be a nine. Be a nine. So you're going to mark a single death save failure on your character sheet. And you're two away from never having to do a podcast again. Whew. I mean, no. I'm kidding. I'm sure it'd be a giant, giant relief. All this weight and responsibility. Peter, it is over to you. I am going to attack Ron with my sword. Put your sword in Ron. Take that, Ron. Piece of shit. 22. A 22 strikes Ron. That is seven damage. Man, you just killed the shit out of Ron. Ron is gone. I can't hear the name Ron and not think of uh, the Family family Guy bit where uh, Meg was a trans person that had transitioned and then her his name was Ron. <laughs> I feel like I saw that, but I'm not remembering. Like, you get to pick your own name. Like, I'd be fucking Voltron or something. I don't know. Like, I mean, you could be Voltron right now if you wanted. Maybe maybe her name was Voltron. Ron was short for Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's right in the Fuck, name. I almost just spit beer all over my microphone. <laughs> What's your name? Ron. Short for Voltron. <laughs> That's very true. I will never judge a name, uh, you know, based on its nickname again. That's fucking fantastic. And a way better nickname than Volch. The Volch. Oh, that sounds like a, a frat boy nickname. Hey, it's the Volch! Rawr! Swooping in for seconds. VGAT fans, what's shaking? I'll tell you what's shaking here in VGAT. My fucking neighbor won't stop running a chainsaw, and I can't wait to record the mid-roll any longer. Because of that, I'm just going to say thank you to everyone for listening, thanks to all of our patrons, and a pox on the family of the person who invented the chainsaw. Let's get back into the action. Santana, on their turn, is going to slither under the wagon, hundred legs and all, and take a bite at Peter. Peter, get ready to get bit. With a 19, that should hit your AC. Yes, most certainly. Let me get a little constitution saving throw. A three. A three is definitely a failure. That means you're going to take the three piercing and the ten poison damage. Ouch. Total of 13, and Jeff, we move over to you. So I'm going to run over here. Ah, take a big old swing at... This one is Santana. All right, so I'm swinging my Warhammer at the stupid asshole. Uh, 15. 15 will connect. 7 plus 2 that for is 9. More than enough to smash Santana. Santana is crushed, and you have exited combat. I run over to Fjorten and start crying. Come on, buddy. Don't go towards the light. 
You, know, you run over, you uh, you start screaming and hollering. Peter, what are you doing? Um, I'm like, oh no, Hope is okay. <laughs> and then, where did he get bit at? Or stung? Or, or did they sting him or bite him for poison? I think these were bites. They have those big mandibles that look like deer antlers. Where is he bitten? Where do you want him to be bitten? The wiener. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not his wiener. Anywhere but his wiener. Or butthole. Alright, it's like it's like inner upper thigh, but just short of the just short of the wiener. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to suck the poison out. Okay. Let me uh let me have you make a medicine check. Not great at medicine, but not terrible at medicine. That's a sixteen. Ooh, 16 is more than enough to stabilize Mr. Fjorten. And Fjorten, I'm going to have you roll me a 1d4. Four? You know, you'd like to think higher numbers are good, but regrettably in this situation, what that tells me is that you are going to be unconscious for four hours, <laughs> having right. regained your stability. <laughs> oh. Of course, that's what it means. The one time you get a, the highest number on the dice. Do I get a little... Do I get a little smirk on my face, knowing that the poison's getting sucked out of me, and I just whisked away in my own little dreamland? Mm-hmm. You're having great dreams as your inner thigh gets suckled. <laughs> and, I, and I get wake up, and it's like being licked by a goat or something like that. Suckling. It's the ox. It's the ox. <laughs> <laughs> All right, four hours. There goes our day. Yeah. Do you guys want to... Just hang out here? Do you want to wait for him to wake up and then keep on going? How do you feel? Well, at a minimum, if he's out for four hours, I imagine we're at least taking a short rest. You certainly can. What does that do for us? On a short rest, you are able to expend hit die, which, if I remember it, you guys are, what, level three? Yes. So you have three hit die that you could roll to recover hit points. Doesn't get you spell slots or anything else back, though. So basically, either we can short rest here, but I guess the question would be, do we call it for the day and uh, camp out here or, or keep trucking? I don't think we can keep trucking. Only have six HP. Even if I roll hit dice, uh, I'm not going to have that much. And fights are kicking our ass. Well, instead of a short rest, maybe we just set up camp here for the rest of the day. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a long rest. Right on. Y'all begin your long resting, and uh, let's see here. How do I want to do this? Uh, I'm going to have Jeff, Peter, I'm going to have each of you... You know what? Fuck it. Fjorten, you roll one, too. I'm just going to have all of you guys roll a d20. That's a four for me. Fifteen for Fjorten. I don't know why mine rolled twice, but my first roll is a fifteen. I always take the first one. All right. So you guys are able to successfully long rest. And then I'm going to have Jerry make one more roll. D20. D20. 17. All right. I'm going to have you guys recover all of your hit points and all the rest of the fun stuff. Because you were able to successfully long rest. Let me know when you're all done with that. My magic user. (laughs) <laughs> I'm always done. Is that your name, or are you done talking? Oh, boats. Okay. With all of your resting done, you are settling into the early evening. And I'm going to have each of you make me perception rolls. Crap, that was a shitty roll. Yeah, you blow. I'm supposed to be good at perception. Your other dice was good. 
Uh, thankfully, even with your five, which was the lowest number of the group, you still beat the two that the goblins who were trying to sneak up on your camp were getting. So I'm going to rearrange you guys on the map here. You got your little wagon kind of backed up over here, and you're probably hanging out. Oh, you know what? Let's use another part of this map. Let's use this part. Uh, uh, okay. So the three of you, having successfully long rested, Fjorten has regained consciousness. You are enjoying the cool, well, relatively cool evening air. Maybe Stuart Soup breaks out a guitar or a harmonica or whatever the fantasy equivalent of those instruments would be. Nonetheless, you are not spooked even over the music as the goblins who are attempting to raid your camp appear. And I will have all of you roll me another set of initiative. We're just doing a lot of ass kicking here. So kids, the theme of the last fight was Minnesota Twins, baseball players, and it turned out coaches. Um, why don't you guys roll me initiative again, and whoever gets the highest roll can determine the next theme. Got a five. Nineteen. Peter, that puts you at the top of the order. I'm going to have you decide what is the theme for this this section of combat. I'm going to pick famous news anchors. Uh, okay, so, Peter, you get to name. You get to name our first one. All right, I'll go with Kirk. Fjorten. What would you like to name yours? Lauer. Lauer. Jeff, who would you like to go through uh, or for your name? Jennings. And Peter, since you came up with the theme and got the highest role, you get the honor of naming the Goblin Boss. Um, Burgundy. Alright, so we are beginning combat. As mentioned, you guys were camped out next to your wagon. Having successfully taken a long rest and arrested by a little fire, I bet you Stuart Soup made you some he made you some soup this time. I forgot he is even with us. Yeah, I probably should put him on the map or something so you guys have a, a reason to remember. Does he just hide in the back of the wagon when we fight? Every time. He can't just pop up with is he armed at all? Can he pop up with a bow and take a shot? No combat training whatsoever. Very muscular, not violent. You'll run into that from time to time. Yeah. It's always, I find, admirable when you do. When you see, like, a Terry Crews-ass motherfucker that's just total pacifist. Gentle giant. Like, you could, you could fuck somebody up, but you're really choosing not to. Like, if you're, if you're the 85-pound wet noodle, and you're like, oh, I'm a pacifist, everybody's like, yeah, sure, you're a pacifist. You ain't got a fucking choice. <laughs> that was decided for you. <laughs> but somebody like that somebody that could really wreak some violence upon the world it's like you know what dude good on you good for making a choice ain't a high as you were sitting and resting you heard tumbling of rocks grunting and other noises when suddenly there came upon you four goblins in fact three goblins and a goblin boss they have you semi-surrounded in your little encamped area our turn order is going to be Kurik. Peter, Lauer, Burgundy, Fjorten, Jeff, and Jennings. What, to- what time of day is it? By this point, I would say it is um, late evening, maybe like 7 o'clock. Okay. Is that late evening? Early evening? Mid-evening? Doesn't matter. Kurik is up first. 
Kirk is going to make the mistake of running right up to Jeff, pulling out a scimitar and taking a slash with their scimitar. 18. I think that hits your AC, Jeff. For sure. You are going to take three slashing damage as you were unpreparedly slashed by Kurik. And then, Peter, it's going to move over to you. Oh, and keep in mind, by the way, uh, Burgundy to your south is up on that rock face, so that's an extra five feet up. Well, we're in a tight spot. Tight. Tight. Toit, toit. I'm going to... uh, Who's the boss? Burgundy? Burgundy's the boss. I'm going to cast Heat Metal on... Burgundy's sword. Nice. Uh, so let's see here. They basically get a choice on whether or not to drop it, right? Yes. All right. So they are... Our goblin boss is going to make a constitution saving throw. That's going to be a 15, which beats your DC of 12. That means that they get the they get the choice to throw or drop the object if they can. And he is going to choose to drop it. Uh, So they're still going to take the 2d8 fire damage, but not the disadvantage on the next turn. That is nine. Nine damage to Burgundy. What a lovely name. Anything else on your turn, Peter? I'm going to use my Bardic Inspiration again. And uh, once again, I'll give it to my friend Jeff, who is in combat. Very good. We move over to Lauer. Lauer is going to, rather than run up, is going to take a short bow shot. Lauer. There it is. Lauer looks like a piece of shit. Yeah, he really is. You can just tell. Fucking turd. I mean, he was Fucking like... Fucking turd, Lauer. He was like the goblin they didn't really want to bring along, but I mean... All right. Uh, Lauer fired at Jeff with a 23, which should hit. Oh, yeah. And that's going to be four piercing damage. I forget, did you get your rage on yet? No, not yet. I'm on my turn yet. No, not yet. All right. Folks at home, it's been a, a real short attention span uh, recording session for us. I think it's probably, what, by the time this is in the episode, this will be like 10, maybe 15 minutes of recording, and it's been a little over two hours for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all right. You know, it's not like we're professionals. We all have other jobs. Well, that's Lauer's turn. Burgundy is going to take their turn. Burgundy is going to hop down. Uh, Oh, wait, I'm sorry. No, Burgundy's not going to hop down because they threw down their sword. And they're going to take a short bow shot, shot rather, at Peter. That's a dirty 20, which should hit you. So you're going to take eight piercing damage, Peter. And then they are going to pick their sword back up. Uh, Actually, I can't remember. Does that cost them an action to do that almost certainly it cost me an action last week last time i had to pick up my hammer i would assume it's the same for them yeah yep yeah so he's not going to pick it up is it in divinity rules had uh, divinity is pretty heavily based on uh D rules so i haven't played divinity once since jerry got me into factorio <laughs> all right so i was looking that up but fuck it we're just gonna go with that so that'll take an action burgundy does not pick up their sword Thank you for the reminder on the way I'd done it in the past, because precedent is how most law is done. Fjorten. Fjorten, it's over to you. Seeing that terrible individual Lauer shooting his crossbow at my buddy Jeff, I'm going to run up and hit him with my great axe. Lauer, get in the axe. That will be for 12. 
Regrettably, a 12 is not enough to defeat their AC. I have not hit once with this great axe. All right. And I will stay steadfast. Steadfast, Fjorten. Jeff, it's over to you. What would you like to do with your turn? Uh, given, like, it seems like a while ago, but it was just a moment ago, Kirk, Kirk ran up and whacked me. Mm-hmm. I just fucking wink at him and then bellow, like, enraged. I'm super mad. Like, ah! I'm never not going to laugh at that. That's okay. <laughs> and I swing my hammer at him. Or that. Uh, for a 24. A 24 will definitely hit. Or 15 plus 2 for 17. Yeah, there's not much left of Kirk. Just a bloody pulp, or is he still alive hanging on? Oh no, that's a that's a bloody pulp. Seven hit points, taking 17 damage. You, uh, you pushed him all the way through the afterlife. And I look over at Lauer by Fjorten over there, and smile with his buddy's blood splattered all over my face. <laughs> Painted up like a terrible war clown. Mm-hmm. Are you doing like the, the home run baseball call? Pointing into the distance. Yep, I point my war hammer at him. <laughs> my fucking war hammer at him. Right on. We move on over to Jennings. Jennings is going to run for Peter. Jennings is going to take a scimitar attack at Peter. That's going to be a 14. I think that hits you. Yes. You are going to take three slashing damage from Jennings. This just in. Round two. Peter, you're at the top of round two. You've got Jennings to your west. You've got Burgundy ten feet away and five feet up to the south. Lauer is in the northeast over by Fjorten. What would you like to do? I'm going to take a step back and I will cast Thunder Wave. Sweet. And having not left Jennings range, you will not take an attack of opportunity. So that's good tactics. Oh, and you're casting it at a higher level, no less. Yes. Boom! Thunderwave gets cast. That's a constitution save. Jennings is going to make that save with a 19. And uh, for all the good it's going to do him. And Burgundy. Uh, Burgundy's going to make it too with a 15. But that does mean they're still each going to take from 16, 8 damage. Jennings is blown to bits. Burgundy is blown to pretty bad shape. Anything else you would like to do on your turn? Nope, I'm good. Excellent. Lauer. Lauer's on the other side of the wagon. I don't think he can see uh, his buddies getting effed up over there, so Lauer's going to keep on swinging at Fjorten. Not very well, though. A nine is going to miss your AC, Fjorten. So, well, I'm just going to hold my great axe in front of me. Boom! Deflect that guy. Nice. If you can't use it as a weapon, you can at least use it as a shield. Right. Burgundy is going to wind up with that shortbow one more time. A 19, that should hit you there, Peter. Yes. You're going to take eight piercing damage from that uh, shortbow. I almost said crossbow. I am. That would have been wrong. Almost dead. Fjorten, it's over to you. For my bonus action, I will be playing it first for a healing word. That's uh, 60 feet range, and I will be shooting it towards Peter. For seven, and the higher casting of only one, but eight towards for uh, Peter. Hearing him cry out into the the cavern. What is? What's your healing word today? Um, cross. Uh, <laughs> um, can it be a phrase? Yeah. Um, uh, thanks for sucking my thigh. 
and then <laughs> push that towards them. Sweet. Peter, you are going to heal for eight hit points. For my actual attack, I'll be going back at it with my great axe, since I have it right in front of me there. Slash away for a 22. That right there is a critical hit, my friend. You are guaranteed some damage. Yes. That would be a 6 for the initial, plus 4 for the critical for a total of 10. Ka-fucking-boom, your great axe. Maybe on the first time it's ever sunk into flesh, but it sinks in deep. It sinks in so deep, it put that ass to sleep. Actually, it put that ass to death. Lauer is removed from combat. That's too deep. Anything else you would like to do on your turn? Uh, Knowing that I have full hit points, I'm going to try to run up to right beside Peter, and if it works in my favor, deflect some hits if need be. You could get actually in front of Peter if you wanted to. Or wait, no, I'm sorry, your movement's 25? Yeah, sorry, that's as far as you can go. I didn't mean to get your hopes up. Well... well it's not my hopes. I mean, maybe I won't get hit. I don't know, but I mean, you gotta try. You like to be the hero, <laughs> though. You're a noble guy. Uh, all right, over to Jeff. Our last remaining combatant is Burgundy up on the hill. So what I want to do, leap clear over my buddy and Peter with my hammer raised above my head and bring it down uh, Burgundy's head. Woo! Uh, I'm going to say that that's literally impossible and totally what happens. <laughs> you guys are epic heroes, right? You can jump 20 feet. Well, I'm like a Goliath with super strength. That's true. That's true. So I've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of squats. 20. 20 is a hit. 13, 4, a whole lot of damage, 18. Oh, all those extra pluses are from the critical, which would have been the other dice. But you still did do 15 damage, which is a hell of a lot more than the four damage that, or sorry, four hit points that Burgundy had. You soar Air Jordan style through the air and come smashing down on Burgundy. I believe I can. Like a super athletic Gallagher. Yes. <laughs> Air Gallagher. Air, <laughs> Air Gallagher. <laughs> Somebody's been watching The Last Dance. <laughs> you watching that, Jerry? Yeah, I have. <laughs> Legs spread out, Warhammer raised high above. Gotta write that down for entertainment purposes later. Very good. Well, you, between all of you, have, at this point, exited combat, found your way back to peace, and that is going to be your last encounter for this day, because now it is entering the nighttime. I'm going to have each of you roll me a d20 to see how well your nighttime goes. 17. 12. 13. Man, you have just a spectacularly restful evening. Stuart is like telling you guys tales about uh, his time in the cult and it's just you know interesting and heartwarming and all the rest of the good things about you know good old yarns from days of yore uh you guys just have yourselves a regular good old night and you wake up on the fifth day of your traveling fully rested and just eager for more josh you're gonna start off with our first adventuring roll of the day d20 i do need a d20 and that's a four A four. A four isn't lucky enough to have an encounter. Sam, I'm going to have you make your roll next. It'd be a nine. Mm, A nine is also not lucky enough to have an encounter. 
My, my. Jerry, give me a d20. 20. Do you know what a 20 is? Treasure. 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 It's treasure. Oh! We should have a theme song for treasure. (laughs) What do you want? What do you want? Look up the Blues Brothers 2000. Like a... Oh, yeah, I'm well aware of that song. I love that movie. That's a good song. That's a good treasure music, too. Okay. All right. Well, uh, regrettably, you are going to be just a little bit disappointed in the treasure that you get. Uh, As you guys are rolling your wagon on down the road, Peter, you look at some of the... uh, some of the nature and foliage and whatnot that is along the side. And you see a plant that has a pod sort of thing hanging off of it that kind of looks like a hairy strawberry. And you're like, wait a minute. That sounds like, that sounds like the thing Duga was talking about. And you stop the wagon and you get off and you go look in the brush. And indeed you find that this, uh, this hairy strawberry, it's actually like a shell. It's not like a, a fruit. But this is the spice that Dugo was talking about. And you find a nice little patch of it, and you find, I'm just going to tell you mechanically uh, what's happening here, is you find about a third of what you need to satisfy the mission. Well, cool. So there you go. That's that's uh, effectively 33 and a third worth of uh, of gold worth of this, this, this shit. I don't, did I even fucking name this? I was going to say, uh, did we... Harry Strawberry. Hairberry. Hairberry. <laughs> well, it's like a... It's got a shell. It's like a nut. Um, hard Hairberry? Straw Harrys? No? Okay. I really thought you guys were going to take hairy nuts or something like that. For a nut? Double hairy berries. Dingle Harrys? Uh, seed. <laughs> um, testicles. <laughs> T- testicles. Did you know that avocado comes from the whatever native language it was word for testicle? Because avocados look like testicles. The Armstrong berry. <laughs> oh. Because I imagine a, uh, a hairy strawberry would look like a nut sack with one ball in it. Indeed it does. So these are Armstrong berries? <laughs> yes. Well, we're going it, to... It's not really a berry, so it's going to be Armstrong seeds. <laughs> Armstrong seed. Yes. Yes, yes. You got yourself some Armstrong seeds there. Oh, no. There's never more than one. <laughs> That's why we have to collect three of them. Uh... One at a time. Some say there used to be more of them. <laughs> <laughs> Nutsack Farm remembers. <laughs> they go real fast now. Some say they're enhanced. So would you feel like this would be an area to keep searching for the Armstrong berries? Uh, so I'm just going to tell you guys this so that you know about it. So you guys are really, that was your last roll. So you are basically at the end of this part of the journey. The next thing that we're going to move into is the desert temple and all the other things that are going to happen there for this cult and where you would find Yikes! that was like one of those parts that sound like a stone being dropped into the river from the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a, a right, bel- so. Beloit fart Beloit It had a It had a build too Because it kind of had Like almost a Doppler effect We're gonna have to uh, Cut that one out of the audio And rename that Stone dropping <laughs> Pretty soon all our sound effects Are just gonna be farts Beloit That's a that's Belo- a good name for that The only time that sounds like A fart in a bathtub Did I ever tell you guys about um, 
This one time when I was a kid and I was staying over at my grandma and grandpa's house and we're in the car ride back and I was, my mom was like, oh, well, how was your, you know, stay? And I was like, oh, it was pretty good. You know, we hung out, we did stuff, et cetera. Um, but like, who's grandma always talking to? And she was like, what are you talking about? She's like, well, when she's, you know, just around the house or when she's vacuuming, she's always just saying, oh, but I don't know who she's arguing with. It was that's the sound my grandma's farts made. They would go, oh, (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard another fart like it. (laughs) It's a very identifying fart. Took my mom a long time to figure out what I was talking about. Uh, Anyway. Uh, so yeah, the, um, the journey is basically over, um, and you guys can either hang out here and search for more of these, which we would just do more on the random encounter roll, uh, although the table changes just a little bit if you're intentionally searching for them as opposed to randomly running into them. Uh, the two days worth of desert travel, or as it turned out here to be like really two and a half, um, you can, you have a random chance of finding these at any point during that travel, but if you want to search for them, like I said, you got a little better odds of finding them. I have a thought on that. Press left alt. What if, what's up? If we press left alt, will it show us where they are? (laughs) (laughs) Too much divinity. I was thinking, uh, what if we use this potion speak with plants and, uh, call out for them? Oh, Damn. That right there is some creative use of that, and yeah, I'm super into that. Do you want to take some time to search for more of these things then, and do the speak with plants potion? Yeah, I would. I would throw the option towards the the team and uh, call out for the Armstrong. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, that's super. You fucking take that brilliant, one. Man. I'm going to take the potion of poop. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a race, huh? <laughs> So it's a race you want. (laughs) (laughs) I just picturing you describing all that and then pulling out the potion and then Jeff just like, so it's a race then. (laughs) (laughs) My character is competitive. Oh my God. Just like you're doing the thing where like you're, you're chugging the potion, you know, like it's completely vertical pouring into your mouth and you've got one eye wide open staring at it. Just following him with that one eye. Get done and you smash the potion jar on the rock desert floor. Campaign 2, episode 24, Air Gallagher, was released on May 31st, 2020. Join us again next week when our journey will come closer to continuing on... Vegan! 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 The Very Good Adventuring Team! But I think it's an oxymoron. Assless chaps, I mean, aren't all chaps uh, only front side? Yeah, they're just pants at that point. Yeah, so I thought as well. I mean, is it is that just a word for like 
not wearing pants with chaps. That could be. That would make sense. Oh, look at that sucker over there with the assed chaps. <laughs> Embarrassing. You should, that's, you should sell pants and call them assed chaps. 